Robson. Welcome to the, uh, the podcast. Good morning. Great to see it. I appreciate it. This has been a long time coming, and it's definitely on my side for not having you on here sooner. But I thought, what no better way than to kick off kind of the rebranding of, of the podcast and bring in one of the, I would call you, we had a little conversation off air, freelancer turned you know, business owner or actually freelancer extraordinaire, however we want to talk it, talk about it. But um, before we get started, what you want you to tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and about your business today. And then, then I really want to dig into your, your journey. Sure. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'm the chief creative officer of Bronson Mod Creative, uh, BMC for short. And so we are a agile and scalable creative agency working with small to mid-sized companies, as well as enterprise companies uh, to help accelerate revenue growth to, through branding and creative services. Yeah, per- wow, very succinct. I couldn't do that for my business that quickly. So <laughs> thank you. So maybe with the, share with the audience you know, that how you work with your partners in a collaboration versus having a company where you're, you're bringing on employees um, to help you, again, drive the strategic growth of, of what you're doing. Yeah, so I've been in business for a little over 19 years, actually. And uh, from the get-go, uh, I knew that uh, I wanted to work directly with clients in terms of what I meant by that is directly with the company versus becoming a subcontractor through like a marketing agency or ad agency, right? Nothing wrong with that. But from day one, I knew that's what I wanted to do to grow and scale the business. And, and that that's just my wish. And it's always been that way. I'm not opposed to, you know, helping out with agency. And, and, and we do that actually um, on some projects, but, but my goal is to pursue direct clients. So I think with any business um, it's, as you know, it's it's the, the people, right? The people you can count on, the partners you can count on, the vendors. I, I don't like to use the word vendors. I like to use the word partners. And, and those people are really essential to delivering the work that you provide to your client because, as you know, it, it takes more than one person to do the work, and, and, I, and I'm not everything, right? So I don't have certain skill sets that Mark and Chris have, and I don't want to have those skill sets. But... You know, I thrive in what I've learned and what I've gotten experience. And so, but I also need to count on other folks who are good at what they do and allow them to do what they do best. And so finding the right people with the right skill sets and the personality, everything clicked, right? It's not easy, right? But once you have those people, you really, you know, count on them. And and same for them because they they count on you, right? For So we've worked together uh, for a long time. And, and I think that's really essential to, to growing and, and, and scaling your business um, is to have the right people. I think at the end of the day, clients, you know, they, they just want to work with somebody who's good at what they do, uh, who can follow through and dependable and that they're, they're, they're easy to work with. I think that is so true. And you, you were kind of a pioneer before this started becoming a little bit more popular. So you probably already have your, your systems in place. But the analogy I like to use with folks, and I truly believe we're heading this way, is you know like a, a blockbuster, well, they hope it's a blockbuster movie production, right? So you got the hair and makeup, you got stunt people, you got script, you got camera, you got everybody that's really good at what they do that comes together on a project and collaboration. And then they they break away and go on to their next one and they come back for another collaboration. And 
I just firmly believe that that's the way we're heading. Um, I'm just curious your thoughts. Do you obviously you've been doing this for a while? Do you see more and more of that now? Like even right, you said you've got your two core partners that you use, but do you bring in other folks or could you see a time where you bring in even further, right, expertise in different areas that you may not have today? So there there have been instances where there were more people to the core team because the engagement was a little different. So with this one, it was about building brand awareness for this company, kind of a tech startup. And so it wasn't so much in terms of helping them brand or rebrand, but it's really kind of creating the buzz and and and, and to help generate some lead and you know and demand gen and all that stuff. And so a lot of a lot of digital type stuff and also a lot of SEO components. So in that sense, we brought in a SEO company to help us with the engagement, and we also had a media buyer and also uh, brought in a fraction of CMO to really. Uh, develop the, the digital strategy, the social strategy with that. So that's not my wheelhouse in that sense. But so so there and then also later down the, the the project, we brought in a PR consultant to do some PR work as well. So you know that's kind of the it's not really the norm, but 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 I have experience you know working with those folks as well in that regard. And so so that's why you know. I was talking about like scalable, we scale with the client needs. And, and I don't believe um, we're the, the, the one for everything, right? I'm not naive to think like, like we can do it all, right? Because I don't believe everybody can do it all. If they can do it all, they don't do it well, right? So I'm a big believer in specialization and become a specialist. And, and you know, that's kind of more about really branding, right? Yeah, so good. I mean, it's so true. It's right. What are you good at? What are other folks good at? And then you can kind of bring the best of both worlds into an engagement that the client's probably going to get more value if they would have went to a generalist type of a shop that may or may not have some of those skill sets on on staff, but they'll probably use them anyway. So, you know, I think that's a good kind of pivot back into, because you had mentioned subcontract work, which, right, sometimes you have to pay the bills, you do that and I think what what you've done, and correct me if I'm wrong, is moved from that you know subcontract work, somebody else's job, you're supporting them, which again, there's value to that, but into work that one, you wanted to do, and two, I'm guessing the margins are a lot better in that type of work, it keeps you energized. So, so maybe talk a little bit about, you know, if, if that's been a, the full, the 20 year run of the company, you focused on that, or is that something more recently that you've got more particular about who and what you want to do? From day one, I wanted to scale and grow the company and having some, you know, good brands and, and names that, that can build credential, right? And then, and then, and then with, with those credentials to really help grow uh, the, the list of clients in that same caliber. So. So that's kind of from day one, my, my vision and goal. And, you know, it's not it's not an easy way. I mean, even after 19 plus year, it, it right, it's, it doesn't just happen like that, right? So even though I would say 90 to 95% of work come from referral, but, you know, referral is not a strategy, right? So, you know, I still have to do marketing. I still have to nurture lead. I still have to keep up with relationships and, and everything like that. So you know, even being that long business, we still all have to do marketing, right? It's new business development, marketing, 
And so, so yeah, I mean, it's a whole different ball game when you're working directly with the company, but because you're not only responsible for, for doing the work now, you and your team, but you're also responsible for getting the work, right? Finding the work, getting work. And I call it now also keeping the work. And so I think what a lot of folks may not realize when they're first starting out, you know, both maybe due to either they have to uh, or they wanted to, right? So there's a lot of excitement, I think, when you first launch a business. There's a lot of passion and just a lot of excitement and, and also a lot of fear, right, at the same time. And, and, and all that is very natural. But I think what a lot of folks don't realize is you can be the best mousetrap maker out there, but you're going to have to find a customer. And so new business development sales is critical, right? So, and that's a whole different even mindset and how you approach that. And, and, and some folks honestly are just not cut out to do that or they don't want to, but that's fine as long as they can find a way to get new business if they don't want to do it. But, but that's the part that you cannot forget. So I often tell folks, you know, you spend a lot of time um, working to get the work and also to keep the work. So, you know, I've been through my shares of proposals and meetings and pitches and things like that and didn't get the work, right? And that's just part of the, the deal. So, right. No, I think it's such a good point. Even if you are a, you know, company of one or a company of one plus, we often do overlook the two. Doing the work is the one probably what we focus most on, but it's the getting what's what's next, right? So sometimes if you're delivering, you're not selling. And if you're selling, you're not delivering. And you got to get out of that. But I do think the overlooked one is how do you keep the customers you have, right? And if you can keep building that longer term relationship, then you can start to focus more and more on what you do. It's such a good point. I do want to get to what you do to, to find new customers. Um, but maybe before that, because you've got a lot going, how do you manage everything, right? Do you do all your own books, <laughs> right? Because there's a lot of non-delivery type work that have you, how have you, do you have systems in place or processes or do you use folks to help you with some of what I would call the non-value added task to your business? Because you really are a custom business. I'm guessing not too many of your engagements are the exact same, right? So, so how do you personally manage all the different activities and tasks that, you know, as a small business? With, you know, accounting stuff, I do have a CPA. But in terms of just entering the stuff, you know, in QuickBooks, I do that myself. Um, uh, I, I just like to do as much as I can with all that, do all the billing, all the account um, collection and all that stuff. And obviously new business development and also managing clients and, all, and obviously the creative work and design work. And also in addition to managing the team, I like to do as much as I can. But at the same time, um, I think sometimes it's important to understand kind of where your strengths and weaknesses are. And, and really just kind of like, you know what, that's not really, that's not really what I want to do. Or, or I'd rather focus, you know, two hours a day doing this instead of that. And I'd rather just pay somebody this. If I can spend two hours uh, landing a contract uh, in this, you know, amount, which is a lot more than what I pay somebody two hours, you know, every week, then maybe it's worth it. So you have to look at it from a value perspective. Um, both from my value, also from your passion, right? And from your skill sets. So, you know, I'm not saying everybody has to do everything themselves, but it really is up to you. Yeah. If you don't, then you're going to end, like we, we talked in the beginning, you're going to end up 
you know, working more hours and getting paid less than maybe what you were doing in your corporate role before, before you left, because you just haven't, you haven't found that balance. And I know I'm more of a process person, so I do like to structure and segment things, but it took me a long time to bring in some other folks to help right in areas that maybe not my strength. I like to make the content. I love doing this podcast, but I was spending hours doing everything, right? The edit this. And then I finally hired a producer that, you know what? She's really good at that. She loves to do this and she's a whole lot faster than, than what I did. So I would say probably in the last six to 12 months, I've become much more systematic about what are the tasks that need to get done in the business? And does it make sense for me to do it? And a lot of the times if I found I wasn't good at it, I just, it just didn't get done. And I think that's some place where a lot of folks get stalled, but it sounds like you've, I mean, you've made it for 20 years and and thriving. So uh, you've obviously figured out how to, how to make that system work for you. You mentioned a fractional CMO, right? That's got a different skill set that you bring in when you need. And, you know, I think the the folks are going to be successful in the future. One, have one, a point of view and a skill set, but also know you know, kind of the self-awareness to, Hey, this is not what I'm good at. These folks are, how can I pull them in to, you know, help me either manage my business or grow it or give me more time off, whatever your goal is. Like I said, I think we're seeing it move towards an ecosystem that's going to be a little more sophisticated than what it is today. Big businesses struggle, right? Using contractors and freelancers quite a bit, but they're going to have to figure that out, I think, at, at some point. So, all right. So that being said, one question I want to ask um, is you had mentioned getting new customers. So, you know, when you're not delivering, what is what are you guys doing today to, to find new customers? You know, back in the day, I did a lot of, you know, in-person networking and meetings with folks and, you know, phone calls, whatever. And and that's fine. And there's nothing to replace those kind of um, one-on-one. But now, so we use social media, specifically LinkedIn, a lot, right? And not to hound people or to try to really just bug people in that sense, but really, and, and this applies to any business, doesn't matter if you're one-man show or enterprise, right? It's really, is is help educate um, prospective clients about certain value, right? By providing good content, um, something that they might find relevant that would address their pain points in their business, right? So you're not necessarily selling to them, but you're bringing, you know, thought leadership, right, content to them, and and you're consistent about it. And over time, it, it's basically what we try to do is establish digital trust, right? So how do you build digital trust without having met somebody who's thousands of miles away? And, and so I, I'm on LinkedIn on a weekly basis. I do a variety of things just to kind of uh, use the platform. So three things that kind of boil down to number one is what I just mentioned is, is provide uh, thought leadership uh, content uh, related to perhaps branding or marketing, um, something that a prospective client may find valuable. And number two is obviously self-promotion, like any new work or new clients that we've gotten or any kind of anniversary, you know, it's self-promotion, right? So, and then third is I, when I see an engagement or conversation on LinkedIn that I find relevant and interesting, I'll put my two cents in, right? 
I, I comment on it. I add my maybe opinion or thoughts in it. And what that does, I believe, is it helps people to see me and get to know me, right? So how did they get to know me without even speaking a word, you know, with me over the phone, right? Well, hopefully by reading my content, reading my comments, and they've got to know me over time. So it's building trust, right? It's essentially brand building, right? So it's, it's building the brand, building the trust, and, and hopefully, you know, someday when there's a need that they see is a good fit, let's just say, you know, a rebranding initiative, you know, I'm top of mind. Like, oh, you know, I remember this guy. He, he, he talked about this. He seemed knowledgeable with this. And, you know, I want to include them in, in part of the, the process and discussion. So so that's essentially what creating uh, its inbound marketing, right, is demand gen, creating this demand for your skill set or services. And is there, what about any call to actions? Is it just, hey, click here, are you building a mailing list? Or is it just, hey, these folks, you're just building that trust. And then when they have a project, they're reaching out to you. Is there something you're doing to, to bridge that gap? Or is the, is the thought leadership enough to drive enough leads for you? I would say my, my LinkedIn network is my mailing list to some degree. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't, I don't try to blast them. I don't, especially if they, if they, if you never have their permission and you add them to your email list, that's irritating. Yeah. I know for me, that would be too, right? 100%. So it's like, so it's a non-invasive way to allow them to get to know me on their terms. I mean, this is like part of sales 101, right? It's like, it's not about me. It's about them, but it's on their term. What, what, when they want to read it, they'll read it but it's out there, right? So it's, it's creating that demand. It's more of a long-term thing, but it's not like playing a lottery, right? You have to keep playing it all the time because it's consistency, 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 right? Kind of like life insurance policies, right? You got to keep paying it or it expires. Right, <laughs> you exactly. You get no payout. <laughs> and, you know, it's like marketing is not sales. I recently posted something and because I had the same conversation with a prospect. And, you know, marketing is something you do consistently all the time um that's not something you do when you need it that's sales right right so marketing and sales are very different obviously they're very closely related it's just consistency and right getting the the right the right call to action but on on that i know you're and your your agency works usually with with bigger customers but what advice would you have for the the freelancers that are going after direct customers from a branding perspective right because i think the the old version or old definition of freelancers hey we're just contractors we're farming out work we can do this work we're either cheap or good or some combination but as we're starting to build our own do you think it's a personal brand or would you look at it from a what your company is or is it is it impossible to separate those two now i just threw a bunch at you so (laughs) take it any way you want (laughs) it may take some time to figure out who you want to be, right? Often think of branding as the who and marketing as the what. You got to figure out the who before you do the what, right? And and so I think that's that's an individual decision, right? How you want to brand and position yourself, your company. I I think it's important to to really know what you want. And, And there are times when you just, you know, and we still do this, right? Like we have to negotiate from time to time, right? The way I think of it, the bigger the contract, the more areas where negotiation is really critical, right? And and, and and the more people are involved in the decision-making, right? That's pretty pretty um, typical in a B2B situation. So one thing I would say, just, just know your boundaries, 
one thing that I shared in a recent article is that, and it's, I'm not against, you know, just helping people and, and giving advice, but in the beginning, you know, you may not know who exactly is your target. Um, so you might be out there, you know, networking and talking to folks and, and you're making some good connections. But at the end of the day, these people may not be the right people that you need to be around. So I think in the beginning, just be cautious about how you spend your time, right? So in the beginning, I went to a lot of different networking events back in the day, you know, even like Chamber of Commerce. And I very, very soon discover that is not the place I need to be. If I'm going to be going after like mid-sized growth stage company and then working with the executive team, they're not going to be at these events. If they are, they're going to be very at a very small company. So just know, you know, your target audiences and, and hang out where they hang out and, and don't just go to the networking events. Why not go to your prospective clients industry event where there's not a lot of you there, right? Why would you go this, to an event, you know, either physically or digitally where there's, a you know, six other people like yourself over there trying to find new business, right? Why not go to an industry related event where your client or prospective client is and then add value there so yeah it's such good advice that's such really good advice and i know we're we're running short on time and i want to be respectful of of that as well and i do want to encourage folks to to follow uh, bronson on linkedin really good the content is really good you would like you said it looks you are an agency but i mean it looks like you would be a really big company and just what you've been able to accomplish is, is really impressive. So uh, one, thank you for coming on and sharing, you know, what you've learned and helping us move our, move our businesses in the right direction. And two, where would be the best place where, where folks to, to find you and connect if they want to learn more? LinkedIn, obviously, is the best place. Or you can visit us on our website at bronsonmall.com. We'd love to connect. All right, Johnson, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks. All right, sounds good. Thank you.